Welcome to Culture Coach, a podcast with me, Nikki Lerner, helping you to engage in a proactive movement towards unity and understanding as it relates to culture and come from. Thanks for joining me today. You ready to go? Let's get started. Hey, thanks again so much for listening. You know, I wanted to create a space each week where you and I can learn about different cultures and come froms in a safe, non-threatening, non-embarrassing environment. I hope you enjoy this podcast. For more creative resources and ideas, you can engage with me at NikkiLearner.com. I'm so glad to be with you today. Uh, Today, I want to give a shout out to another listener of the podcast, uh, Julia, if you are listening today. I just want to thank you for your uh, time and your energy and your engagement with these podcasts. Um, I heard from Julia the other day uh, online on my Facebook page, and she said that she listens every single week, um, listens to every episode, and that it's been helpful. And so, Julia, I just want to give you a shout out today let you know that I'm thinking about you and I'm so grateful that you continue uh, to invest your time, your energy, and your growth into the Culture Coach podcast. So thanks for that. Looking forward to meeting you sometime soon. I know we engage a lot online um, and I'm really hopeful that maybe we'll get to meet each other one day. So welcome to the podcast, everybody. Um, I have a thought, uh, an insight that I was talking about uh, or thinking about after a conversation with a client. Uh, And I figured it might be helpful for those of you that listen to the Culture Coach podcast. Um, I really want to encourage you to to listen to the last uh, two or three weeks of the podcast in in case you've missed it. Um, Those are very important insights for you to know and for you to have uh, an awareness of as you are moving forward in your diversity efforts. Uh, So if you haven't listened to those things yet, Um, be sure to go back today and listen to them. They're not that long. They're probably about 15 minutes each, Um, but go back and listen. And again, remember, um, you can engage with me online at NikkiLearner.com. You can send me an email. If you send me an email there, it goes right to me. Uh, So I would love to hear from you and love to hear um, how some of those episodes are impacting you uh, in your life, in your business, in your uh, community, wherever you are. Today, what I want to talk about is uh, this question a little bit of insight around with your diversity efforts. Are you making it easier or harder? Are you making it easier or harder for you to see some change in your organization, your business, your life, your faith community? I was talking to a client about this uh, not too long ago, and uh, this is one of the things that that came up. And the way I want to frame this and put some context around it is, you know, uh, right now uh, there is a lot of talk and a lot of energy being placed towards um, diversity efforts and organizations. And depending on uh, where you are, depending on what your, uh, your leadership and your organization has chosen to do, or maybe you are the leader, what you've chosen to do, um, to be an organization that doesn't think about or even address, 
diversity issues, even if it's just from a pure, uh, you know, equal opportunity standpoint, just safety. Can people be safe in your business? Can they be safe in the workplace uh, where you are? Uh, if you're not talking about that right now, um, you have to just know uh, that it's possible that your organization can become a dinosaur at some point. Uh, this is meaningful conversation. It's meaningful awareness, and you have to engage with it at some level. Uh, some organizations more than others, uh, but you have to have it in your language. You have to have it uh, going forward uh, as a business that is thriving and a business that sees people. Now, you always need to make sure that you pick um, the right uh, coach, the right consultant, the right trainer, whatever it is for your business. Make sure that you pick the right one. Uh, that jives with the language that you want to use. But no matter how you look at it, you have to be doing something around around diversity efforts. What I'm finding as I'm engaging with different kinds of people at different levels is sometimes what happens is once uh, an organization or a leadership group decides that it wants to engage uh, in the conversation or in matters around cultural diversity in the workplace or cultural diversity in a community at all, that uh, it may, that organization or those leaders may say that uh, just to check a box, or they may say that just for a sense of compliance. Now, in the workplace, there, there, are, there is training that goes on, has for years, um, that does have to do with compliance. And there, there are uh, uh, many organizations that, you know, you have to check a box every year to do certain kinds of trainings. Um, depending on what your industry is, um, to check check the box for compliance to show that you've actually done this training and your staff has actually done this training. However, the danger in just checking the box with diversity is sometimes leaders can speak a bit more broadly and a bit more uh, expansive about what they want to see or what they want to do with regards to culture and diversity. Uh, but then when it comes to uh, doing compliance training, and just checking a box, you leave the rest of the people in the organization very confused because you, as a leader, maybe spoke really broadly about wanting diversity efforts and wanting to do the diversity work, but then the results of that was checking a box. What I'm also seeing is that when leaders or an organization say uh, or communicate that they really want to focus on diversity efforts. They really want to have conversations uh, around culture that um, usually what people will do is they will put one person in charge of leading that effort. Uh, maybe a business or an organization will hire, uh, you know, an, or create a new position in an organization of a diversity officer or, uh, you know, the vice president of diversity and inclusion or whatever the language is in your organization. Then what happens is that person um, that an organization has hired now becomes the sole burden bearer, if you will, of the work. Uh, that person is supposed to make it happen. Um, and if that person doesn't make it happen, then it further... Uh, fuels a narrative that says, see, this is why this doesn't work. And usually that's after about six months of trying. <laughs> but 
here's the other thing that can happen a lot of times is when you put one person in charge of diversity efforts in your business, in your organization, what I've also seen sometimes is that leaders in that organization who, if they're honest, really didn't want to have the conversation in the first place, didn't really want to do the work in the first place, that those leaders can actually make it easier for that one person to do their job or harder for that one person to do their job. And, and the awareness factor for those of us who are bridge builders, those of us who are trying to get better at engaging in cross-cultural communication and engagement is what is our role in this? Are we making it easier in our organizations for the diversity work to get done or are we making it harder? Are we removing obstacles to diversity work and cultural engagement or are we putting more and more obstacles in front of us and up, uh, building walls, obstacle walls, in order to make it harder for the work to get done? Sometimes a, uh, a group of leaders in an organization can say that they want to lean into diversity work. And that as soon as they do that, they question every single thing that happens after that. Um, and not question in a good way, not, not, question, not question in a healthy way that move, makes you move forward, but that leaders question the work so that the people that are engaged in the diversity work actually always feel like they have to be on the defense when talking to their leaders, that they always feel like that they have to keep proving why this work is important or proving why certain trainings need to happen or proving why certain uh, initiatives need funding or proving why, uh, you know, the, the things that the leaders said they wanted uh, are actually viable to go after. I see this so often, not with everybody. I mean, trust me, I have some clients right now that I'm working with that are rock stars and they are leaning into this work really hard. But there are other people, leaders, decision makers, that I believe are only talking about diversity and culture because of pressure or because of it, it's something, you know, that for them is, you know, just hot right now. So that's what they're going to talk about. But then when the work actually gets into place, then instead of making easy on-ramps, they build obstacle walls. So which one are you doing? Are you making it easier or harder to do the diversity work that you long to do? Are you making it easier or harder to live a multicultural life and engage in multicultural work? Are you making it easier or harder? So let me just talk a little bit about what that might look like. So first of all, with regards to easy versus hard, if you have hired a, a equity officer in your organization or a, a, um, a DEI uh, executive position, how are you treating that person? When that person comes to you 
with thoughts and ideas about how to diversify the company? Are you making it easier for them to have the conversation or harder for them to have the conversation? Are you open or are you dismissive and defiant when that person comes to you to share their ideas? Be honest with yourself. Are you making it easier or are you making it harder? On a personal side, you know, maybe you, you have to move and you want to move to a new state. But what, what you value is a multicultural world. Well, if you, if you move to a neighborhood or move to a state that has very little diversity, are you making it easier for yourself or harder for yourself in order to actually live a multicultural life, particularly if you have a choice? Are you making it easier or are you making it harder for people in your, your faith community, your religious community, to make changes during your services or make changes to how the process is to, uh, to do certain things? Are you as a leader making it easier or harder for them to get that work done? The work that you said you wanted to have done. I was talking to a client the other day and I said, uh, cause this person is, is, uh, experiencing some of this. And I said, you know, here's the thing. It's not like, you know, you showed up and, and made all this work up. Your leaders asked you to do this. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think sometimes leaders feel like, you know, they're, they're diversity people or their diversity councils or their diversity, um, uh, committees or whatever the language is for it, that like those people just decided to do that on their own and, um, you know, in, in response to nothing and then wanted to bring you all of this new information. Um, like the, the, the organization, the business decided to do this. And so why as business leaders, organizational leaders, are we making it so hard for people to do what we ask them to do? Why are you so defensive? Most of the time what, 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 what happens is that leaders are actually asking the wrong questions of people that are trying to get the diversity work done. Usually the, the, the questions uh, revolve around, you know, why are we doing this? Or, well, we can't do that. Um, where'd you get that language from? Or we need to vet this. Or, you know, those kinds of statements or those kinds of questions instead of looking at the things that the people who are doing the diversity work in your organization are bringing to you and really looking at those things and then saying, wow, how might this actually make the goals that we are trying uh, to accomplish easier, not harder? Wow. Thank you for these trainings that you put together. They're really going to help us meet, meet our goals. Wow. Look at how uh, what you all have been doing is expanding how we see business, how we see organizational life, how we see process and structure and systems. Those are actually the statements and the questions that will lead all of us closer to the diversity uh, results that we long to see. Those are the things that have nothing to do with defense, have nothing to do with preservation, and actually have everything to do with moving forward. Because in case you haven't known or haven't seen, the culture is moving forward on this. Don't get left behind but you don't have to be left behind that's that's what I'm trying to tell you that's what I'm trying to tell you in these podcast episodes is that you can actually be proactive in these diversity efforts in fact you know for me I probably haven't said this in a while on the podcast but for me you know my whole goal 
uh, one of my purposes on this planet <laughs> is to be a part of it, like to be a catalyst for a world where people engage in a proactive movement towards unity and understanding related to culture and come from proactive. We don't have to wait anymore until terrible things happen in the world in order to engage in meaningful conversation about race, culture, ethnicity, whatever it is. We don't have to wait for those things. We can actually be proactive because now there is so much information in the world now that can help you and can help me if we go looking for it, if we really want it, if we want it to be easier and not harder, there's so much information in the world to help us be more proactive cross-culturally. It's there. Nobody can ever say, I just didn't know. It's all there. <laughs> and if you listen to me or, or listen to other people in this world, it's all there. You know, some things you might agree with, some things you might not, you know, uh, you don't have to get everything. You know, I had a woman in my life, um, gosh, 10, 20 years ago, and she used to uh, watch this kind of self-help help program. And I remember I was younger then, and I was like, why are you watching that show? And she said, you know, you got to eat the meat and spit out the bones. That's what she would say. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, you know, can't argue with that, right? But here's the thing. Let me just just kind of bring it back here. A good question for you to ask today is, are you making it easier or making it harder to actually move towards the vision, the dream, the goals that you have around better cross-cultural engagement to move from monocultural to multicultural? Are you making it easier or making it harder? Are your leaders making it easier or making it harder for you to do the work that they have asked you to do? This could be a good thing to sit with today. And you know, I always say this, when you're sitting with questions like this, don't be afraid of the answers. Don't be afraid to engage with the answers. Don't judge yourself. Look at it as information that is a signal to you as a leader or signal to you as somebody who reports to a leader that a change needs to be made. Let's build easy on-ramps for each other as we are navigating cross-culturally instead of uh, building walls that are filled with obstacles, filled with more bricks, more things that we have to tear down and go through so that you know a year from now, even six months from now, we are not in the same place that we are today. Make it easier, not harder. Hey, thanks so much for making the time to listen. If you like the insight today, tell your friends and be part of the newsletter at NikkiLearner.com. Remember, it takes that first decision to realize your vision for a more generous, multicultural life. I'll see you next week.